It's good to be in the house of our God. Amen. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know whether you've seen Mike, Pastor Mike's post on, on Facebook. This past week, he posted something that was really appropriate for today's sermon, actually. He showed a picture of a patch of ground. It's his garden. It's about three meters by three meters. It's like a big space, you know, in Hong Kong terms. It's like, wow, that's great. And I, I said to Pastor Mike, can I use this for my sermon, for a message today? He said, oh, yes, sure, sure, no problem. Also, to give his love and tell him, tell the AIC guys that he misses you, okay? He loves you and misses you guys. And I said, we do too, Pastor Mike, and I hope all is going well with you. Now, I don't remember. Does anyone remember last week's uh, numbers? Five and 25 that King shared about. Do you remember what the significance was? Okay. I asked King. He reminded me. If 5% of the world's Christians generally shared like they were called to, and 5% of those people were reached, who we reached came to know the Lord, and 5% of them, the same thing, so on and so on and so on. Is there an echo on this? Anyway, but in 25 years, the whole, whole world's population will be, would know God. Okay? I was thinking, how is that going to happen? I'll tell you the secret. It's in today's uh, message. The parable of the careless sower. Careless. What does that mean? Without care, of course. Without concern or attention. Why was the sower careless? Now, as we read in Mark chapter 4, verses 2 to 8, Jesus taught them many things by parables. And in his teachings, he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds along the path, the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on the rocky, so- rocky places. The soil was shallow, but when the soil the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and, the, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. But some, um, and so they did not bear grain. So other seeds fell on the good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying it 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, I would imagine farming in Israel is not ideal. Water is scarce. Arable land, land can use to grow things, is next to impossible to find. But farmers have little choice. Seeds were sown broadcast style. They're thrown around haphazardly, carelessly you know, by, the, by the farmers. You know? Some of the seeds will fall on the hard grounds that surround the fields. Birds would follow the farmer as he walked along and eat those seeds. Terrain, in most cases, was uneven and rocky, with only a thin layer of soil covering the rock. Sometimes, thorns and weeds were hidden in the soil, so the farmer could not see them to pull them out. Then, when the seeds that were planted grew up, the thorns and the weeds also grew up. They choked the plants. They grow rapidly and they crowded up the seeds. Farming in Israel has its challenges. You know? 
So is living in Hong Kong. Living in Hong Kong has so many challenges. At times, we feel life is so scattered-like, you know, as though we're thrown carelessly out there. We land in hard places. We have difficult situations. Things were so un, so, so not conducive to living in Hong Kong. We find ourselves in hard places. Sometimes we may even feel that big birds are picking on us. Our bosses, our supervisors, sometimes our so-called friends, you know, they pick on us. We feel life is so unbalanced. We're stuck in a hard place in a rock. We're working long hours just to get our work done. We have flats that are so small. You know, there are places that are called nano flats. Nano is 1,000 times smaller than micro. Can you believe that? I can't imagine a flat being a nano flat. I don't live in one, but I can't imagine like what is a nano flat. They say it's about 200 square meters or less. That's like wow. It's like a bathroom or two. And then we have crowded transportation. I remember lots of times, you know, getting off work and watching the train just pass by, just pass by two, three, four. They're so full because you can't get on. And then finally, when one finally gets there and you're in front of the door, you're pushed on from the crowd behind. You have no option. You get on. You have to get on. Even if the train is crowded already, you're pushed in. The pressures of life here is barely in existence. Sometimes we feel so shallow. Sometimes we're beaten down by the hot sun. These past couple of weeks, you know, it's been over two weeks of hot days in Hong Kong. In the month of May, two weeks. Of 30 plus or 33 plus degrees. You know there are also things in life that steal away our attention from the important things. You know this parable we just read. Jesus, Jesus' words are timeless. They're relatable now, and relevant even now as they were then. You know, it's easy to pick little parts of the parable. Um, the sower. Is Jesus? No, it's not working. Okay. Sorry, just a second. Let me take this apart. All right. Yeah, that's better. Okay, makes more sense now. Now I'm gonna have to hold this and move this and do that and. Okay, this is going to get really crowded. Like I said, it's easy to pick to pick the correlations. The sower is Jesus, or someone carrying out the kingdom work. Okay, you are also a sower too. The seeds represent Jesus' teaching, the kingdom of heaven. The four soils represent four different kinds of responses to Jesus' teaching: the soil of your heart, the persons where his teachings, the gospel land. In this parable, each soil explains the condition of the human heart before and upon receiving the gospel or the seed. When we preach the gospel to the world, we can expect different reactions. Um, okay. <laughs> the first kind of soul, your heart, the heart path. It never understands Jesus' words. And then quickly, the birds eat the seed. Satan snatches away the seed, the word, 
before understanding occurs. This is usually a person with a stubborn, uncommitted heart, perhaps hurt and angry at the world, callous and closed off. People like Farrell. The second soil, the heart, receives Jesus' word, quickly grows, but as soon as he or she is hit with trouble or persecution for his or her beliefs, she or she abandons Jesus because he or she does not have deep roots. Okay? Always moving from here and there in life, never rooted in anything. Moving one day, here one day, and gone the next. Wayward. Disciples that walk no more. People who call themselves Christ followers, but in a year or two's time, don't follow anymore. The third kind of soil, the heart of a person, is a soil that is choked with thorns. They also receive Jesus' words, but money and earthly distractions make him or her unfruitful. Their growth is hindered. There are many competing issues in their lives that choke the word. Okay? You know, when the sower threw the seed among the thorns and the weeds, he did not throw it on soil that was poor, in fact. It was soil that was moist, that was fertile. It was good soil. But notice that the seed grew up, but so did the thorns and so did the weeds. The, seeds were not significant, uh, the weeds were not significant, but when they grew up, they choked the seed. It could not be cleared away because without, without, with clearing them, they would pull out the seed, the good seed. You know, in parallel accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, thorns and weeds are defined as one, cares of the world. Someone called it anxious, unrelating attention to the busyness of life. A lot of times we get busy. A lot of times we get carried away. Don't get carried away. Two, there's a deceitfulness of riches. You know, not wealth in itself. Wealth is a drawing power. It allures. But remember, the Bible also talks about people who are wealthy, like Abraham, Joseph, Solomon, Job. There are lots of other people in, in the Bible that God has blessed with health, with wealth. Then, you know, but it takes tremendous diligence and character to handle riches. Three, the pleasures of this life. The delights which worldly riches allows us to enjoy in themselves may be innocent, but do they draw off so much of our attention, so much of our time? So much of our attention, so much of our time, okay? That little time remains for spiritual things. Distracted by the things of the world. Food, drink, sex, money, family, sports, hobbies, Facebook, electronics. A lot of things take away our time. This is like the rich young ruler. He was so preoccupied with his wealth that he had no time for God. Now, the fourth soil. The good soil. The fourth kind of person receives, understands Jesus' words, there's growth, there's good harvest, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times or more. You know, they become extremely fruitful in kingdom work. This is the only person whom Jesus commends. So to be fruitful means to be obedient to God in everything you do. The humble heart to the word of God 
broken and committed to follow, people like Peter. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, as it says in Romans chapter 10, 10. But if we are honest with ourselves, we can probably find evidence of several kinds of soul in our own hearts or our own lives, or even in the congregation in any given day, you know? But it is noteworthy that Jesus does not use the parable to exhort hearers to be good soil, as though that could happen. But it is Jesus' investment in his disciples, in us, that shows us that, we simply, that he simply will not give up on us. Despite our many failures, his love is extravagant. Extravagant, what does it mean? That means um, spending much or more than necessary. It's the opposite of conservative. Interestingly enough, a similar word, a synonym, is prodigal. Does anyone remember the prodigal son? That's a similar story. Jesus is extravagant, and we should be too. God, share God's love extravagantly to everyone you meet, not just to people you think will receive the gospel, who you think are good investments in return. Often we share only to people we think will be a good person. We think they'll be a good person to contribute to the church, to help the, to help the congregation. It will be a benefit to the church. But Jesus didn't think like that. He shared God's love to everyone, to tax collectors, who, in the day, are actually legal thieves. If you didn't pay taxes, the Romans would come, the Roman soldiers would come and make you pay. You know, that's a pretty good setup. You don't pay the taxes, you don't pay the thief, the soldier comes and beats you up. But Jesus loved. He loved extravagantly. He shared God's love to everyone, to tax collectors, to the prostitutes, to the downcast, to the low-level, scum-sucking bondholders. No, you know what I mean. Jesus didn't hold back, and neither should we. We should share Jesus' teaching, the gospel, indiscriminately, extravagantly, not judging people or places, you know, where it should be. Now, in your handouts, there's a little place. There's a blank. Okay? Visualize in your life someone that you would like to share the gospel to. Okay? Write the name down. Pray every day for that person and share God's love with them. And if there's opportunity, invite them to come to church. Jesus is a careless sower. Jesus is an extravagant sower, and we should be too. Don't worry. Do your best, and God will do the rest. Yeah, I always say that. Do your best, and God will do the rest. Don't worry who is listening. Don't worry how they will react. Like Nike says, just do it. Charles Spurgeon once said, Our duty is not measured by the character of our hearers, but by the command of our God. We are bound to preach the gospel. Whether men hear or whether they forbear, it is ours to sow, because beside all waters, that men's hearts be what they may. The Christian must preach the gospel to them. We must sow the seed on the rock as well as in the furrow, on the highway as well as in the plowed field. You know, there was a movie once um, I saw. It was called Bridge of Spies. It's kind of an interesting title. It was set in the beginning of the Cold War between the United States and Russia. The Americans and the Russians were building up nuclear armaments so much, so hard, that they'd kill the world over a thousand times. 
the star, Tom Hanks, would say to captured Russian spy, aren't you worried? Worried about his predicament because he was captured. Worried that the Americans had captured him and had jailed him. Then later on in the movie, when it was confirmed that the Russian spy would be returning to the USSR in a prisoner exchange, in exchange for an American detainee, Tom Hanks again asked, aren't you worried? Wasn't the Russian spy worried? Worried that he was returning to the USSR? Worried that where, when he got there, they might kill him or permanently jail him and lose his freedom because they suspect, uh, that they suspected him of treason. You know what the Russian spy replied? Would it help? Would it help to worry? You know, sometimes I say that about complaining. Why complain? Would it help to complain? If we're relying on God in life, why complain? Yes, he's given us difficult situations, so difficult that we sometimes think it's insurmountable. Difficult like in life, living in really bad situations, stuck in a hard and a rock place. Um, why complain? You know, when I was young, there was this song that we used to sing as children. Why complain? Because when you complain, you know, what can you do? Why complain? Why complain about your hair? You can't change it. Why complain, complain about your clothes? You can't change them either. Why complain? Why complain? Why complain? In the same way, would it help to complain? Would it change anything? You know, I find, or I've read, I'm trying to discover, the secret of life is complaining less and appreciate more. Appreciating what God has given us, our homes, even the train to get us where we need to go, this church, the people here, even our bosses, they give us employment. Complain less and appreciate more. You know, in this parable, oh, sorry. Dry mouth syndrome. <laughs> In this parable of the careless sower, Jesus emphasizes the need of each individual not to rest on his religious heritage, as the Jewish people did, or on the freedom of the law, as most Gentiles did as well. But rather, each person needs to be a doer of the word and not only a hearer. As it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good fruit bears every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. You know, salvation is more than a superficial I'll be a joyful hearing of the gospel. It's someone who truly is saved will prove it. The 5%, the genuine 5%. They go on to tell others. It's no mistake that we're, uh, that we're in Hong Kong, okay? We're put here for a purpose. I pray that our lives, our faith, will exemplify good soil. 
in the parable of, the, of this careless sower, actually, I would try to rebrand that, rename it, calling it the parable of the extravagant sower. You have in your handouts actually a place where you can say, rebrand it. It's a parable of the extravagant sower. Okay? Extravagantly telling people of God's love. Extravagantly telling them of what Jesus has done for us. It's no mistake that we're in Hong Kong. We were put here for a purpose, for just the time as this. Be a sower. Be an extravagant sower. This parable about the sower sowed seeds. But he sowed seeds extravagantly to all types of soil, even the ones that did not produce fruit. Jesus did the same thing when he preached to the Pharisees. He gave them the gospel, knowing that the majority of them were hard soil, that they would not bear fruit. But Jesus still preached to them anyway. Just do it. You know, what determines fruit is the soil it is planted in, your heart. All the seed, all the water, all the fertilizer will never cause anything to grow in concrete. Concrete will never be fruitful. People do not come by faith. In, by the ways, uh, people do not come by faith. By the cunning ways, the church markets the gospel by enticing the world into the church. People come to faith by a heart of good soil, the power of the seed, the gospel. We are all called to preach and sow the word of God. It is the command of Jesus. Let's pray that God will take, you know, till the grounds of our hearts to those who do not believe. I believe the Lord can change the condition of the heart whom we preach to, who we share to. He who created the heart can also till the soil. Okay? There's a lot of good soil out there. We just need to preach. We just need to share with them. You know, there's that one line that always confuses me. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I think, of course we have ears. Of course we hear. But everyone who hears, not everyone perceives or understands. Everyone has the ability or the potential to be good soil. But not everyone uses this possibility. And that potential of being a good soil is wasted. The parable of the extravagant sower. Let's pray. Father, I pray that um, the names that we've written down on our sheets of paper, that you move within them, that you till their hearts, Lord, that you soften it, that you prepare it, Lord, to receive your word, your seed, Lord. And I pray that you give us the confidence, the ability, the opportunities, Lord, to share with your, these friends of ours these names that, that we've put onto the paper, be it our friends, be it our bosses, be our co-workers, Lord. I pray that you give us eyes, Lord, your eyes, to seek out opportunities, you know, to know when we can share with them and when we can ask them to come, to come to the church, to come to this house, Lord, to see you, to meet with you, to meet with all the people in your house. Father, work in our hearts, work in our lives, Lord, so that we are faithful 
that we carry out the duty, Lord, of preaching the gospel. So the 5% can make another 5% and another 5% so that in 25 years, the whole world will be known, will know of you. In your name we pray. Amen.